Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the She Ventures Now podcast. I'm your host, Gayon Nicole, and I'm excited to share an interview I did with Ashley Arnold, who is a TV reporter out of Kansas City. I know Ashley from college, and she was so brave and willing to extend her time to share her journey. Now, just for the sake of everyone who's listening to this podcast and this particular season, I want you to know I gave all of my guests the same set of questions, and those questions were uh, one I wanted to hear more about or hear them explore their singleness journey I wanted them to talk about any moment during their time of being single where they felt extra lonely or extra single is what I called it I wanted them to share their aha moments along the way and then I gave them a set of rapid fire questions the first of which was uh, which term do they prefer prefer dating or courting number two um, do they feel like single people are neglected? And this is particular to church context or um, in their community. Number three, do looks matter or not? Number four, uh, what would their what would be their opinion of every woman, every single woman's top priority? Uh, number five, what's the worst or funniest meme on singleness they've ever seen? Number six, what would they prefer, being married at twenty or single until forty? Number seven, which one is it? Not enough single men or not enough women looking in the right areas? Uh, number eight, arranged marriages or not? And number nine, what book would you recommend? Amend to the She Ventures tribe. Now, not every guest got that list of rapid fire questions. I think I actually pivoted and created those questions midstream. So it may or may not come in the first set of guest interviews. But I just wanted everyone who's listening to be aware that these were the these were the questions that I posed to my guests. And so be looking out for the different aha moments, the lessons learned, the light bulb moments and the books and resources that some of my guests offer in these upcoming podcast shows. All right. Well, that's enough for me. And let's get started. Actually, I decided to include an extra bit of a sort of warning to anyone listening. Um, I started this podcast maybe a couple of months ago, maybe March or April. And along the way, it's been, it's been a complete learning experience on developing an ear on sound quality and recognizing, you know, the tools or the software that I needed to get to do this podcast. With that said, I just want to forewarn you that the quality of this podcast isn't as best, but you can definitely hear Ashley and I very clearly. So um, you might have to turn up your earphones to hear her just a bit more, but um, you'll you'll start to see how the quality does change over the next few podcasts. Thanks again. Perfect. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to record an interview with you. I know that singleness is not an easy topic to discuss, um, but one of the things that I can appreciate about you is that you've been in this journey with me as I've been externally processing, <laughs> you know, doing the Art of Singleness survey, writing posts about singleness, um, sending me questions, emails. I just appreciate that you connect with this or with me in that regard. Um, and I just love the fact that you're so willing to kind of openly share so that other people can be encouraged. 
before we uh, kind of dive in, I just want to kind of allow for you to give some of your professional background so people know who you are and how we're connected. Yes, absolutely. Um, like I said, I'm Ashley. I went to the University of Florida. That's how we met. Uh, we met there at First Assembly, which is now Greenhouse Church. Um, and that's how we really connected. I remember um, always kind of being drawn to God because she had this like energy to her, but also um, whatever. I, I felt like I could always look to her and say, okay, she can do this. She can do this. I can do this. Um, like, and I never really like kind of disclosed that to her, but I was just like, she, you have always been like a really big inspiration. Um, Thank you. Um, just because of the way that you've like carried yourself and the way that you've chosen to um, just branch out and really trust God um, in, in everything that you're doing. Um, as far as me, um, I recently moved in January to Kansas City, Missouri um, for a position. Mm-hmm. I worked as a reporter at CBS affiliate out here. Uh, just moved out here after doing three years in Wichita, Kansas, and prior to that working in Panama City Beach, Florida. Um, and I really like it here. Kansas City, Missouri is beautiful today. Uh, it's <laughs> 13 days in a row, nothing but gray skies, and basically all of February it was all gray, and all of March it felt like it was all gray, so to finally have some sunshine for what's planned for at least a week is it's um, good. <laughs> the best. The best thing ever. <laughs> I've been to Kansas. It's not regular. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I promise you. Like, I remember we went through a week where I was like, we were legitimately getting every single possible bit of weather. We had snow, we had, you know, temperatures in like the 70s, oh, wow. we had you know, spring, we had rain. And I'm like, guys, like, you need to figure this out. This is not, <laughs> this is not what I need right now. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. And what station are you, are you working at now? Uh, I'm with KCTV5. Um, it is the CBS affiliate out here. They quote Stan for Kansas City. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's, been, it's been really fun. Um, the job has its challenges, especially when it comes down to dating. Um, because um, before in my last career, I was working the morning show, which meant that I would go into work um, around three or four in the morning. Wow. One, um, which means that in the evenings I didn't want to do anything. I wanted to sleep. Um, and also, the, the, during the time of day when I was free, um, there weren't really a lot of opportunities to meet people, to um, to do anything. Um, and so, when I was in Wichita, that was just a really, really. Um, I, I jumped into dating someone as soon as I moved there. Um, a little after a year, we ended up breaking it off, and I went into this like hibernation mode. Um, where I was yeah. just like, kind of, like I was, I was trying to hyper date people. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get on Tinder, <laughs> but then all the apps, yes. I'm trying to meet people in an actual yes. Um, and it was just a really big struggle. And it also led to me, um, compromising on a lot of my beliefs because I didn't, I didn't know where to meet the people that I wanted to meet. Yeah. Um, as someone who falls into, you know, then falls into the Christian bubble, but then who also falls into the liberal leaning when it comes to social issues, uh, while also being Christian, didn't really fit very well into the Wichita, Kansas mindset of church folks. Yeah. Um, so I spent, you know, the rest of my time there, almost two and a half years, um, well, not that, like about two years, single and frustrated. Um, oh, not man. Who to, um, not knowing who to meet. And then when I would finally meet someone who um, we meshed well on a social level and on a you know on a level as far as social issues we didn't mesh very well when it came down to um, beliefs and it would also turn into a situation where um if i was like you know well i'm celibate and they're like well you know i respect that 
that's not how I live. And I'm like, okay, well, the problem is when I feel tempted and I'm like, I don't want to be celibate right now, you don't have the same um, conviction. Yeah. Go home. You'll be like, well, okay, are you sure? You sure you're sure? I think, cool, we're good. And that <laughs> a lot of, you know, guilt. Yeah. Um, you know, I would, I remember there being times where I would be like, in, like, in the act and like i would just start sobbing because i'm just like this is not what i want this is not who i am yeah and so it's like this traumatic experience for me it's a traumatic experience for them because they're like this girl is crying what am i doing wrong um and so it just it got very very complicated um and i was like i can't i can't keep compromising on this that's not fair to to me and it doesn't yeah. live up to the life that i want to have right um and um and also i don't want to be with someone that i know in the long term it's not going to be what i want like even though i at this point in time say you know i don't want to have kids so i don't have to worry about the thought of you know right how do we raise our kids you know do our kids go to church they stay home with dad and play video games like what are they going to choose um it it, it's for me it's never been that conversation because i'm like i don't think i want to have kids so then it turns into okay do I want to have a husband who I agree with on, you know, on a social level, but who can't lead me on a spiritual level? Right. And I'm like, I need all of those things together. And I, I believe that, you know, there is someone out there that, you know, probably multiple someone's cause I don't really believe in a one, right. um, multiple someone's that will probably be able to, you know, um, fit that mold or whatever, or be greater than that mold. Um, but for now, I've just kind of been like, well, I'm in a new place. I'm just rather than focusing on trying to jump into another relationship, I would rather focus on um, the positives of being single and the positives of surrounding myself with people um, that really care about me, right. male and female. Right yeah. Um, yeah. Which has been really, um, really cool and really strengthening to myself and to my self confidence. Right. Um, right. And to how um, I also view others. Yeah, there's so much that you just kind of gave in there. I'm going to try and reel it back and unpack because there's so much that I want to kind of allow the audience to hear or just for other women who are interested in talking about singleness and really getting encouragement. How did you deal? And I mean, obviously loneliness, I feel like at this point we can all accept like loneliness is normative. It's part of life. You know, there are married women that are lonely just as much as there are single women that are lonely. And I think sometimes uh, we can get really extra emotional about being lonely and that can lead to a gateway of a lot of stuff, right? Like a lot of, you know, foolishness or just making decisions haphazardly and not the best choices for ourselves. But for you, when would you say was your, the, the moment where you felt extra single? Um, the moment I felt extra single was not long after um, my boyfriend and I broke up when I was in Wichita. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt extra single, not just because I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so single. Um, but like, <laughs> I was single. He, a few months later, started dating someone else, uh, yeah. which was like, oh, like right there in the heart. They always move um, on quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, wow, that's, that's so great. And there were so many things in the middle of that, not even worth going into. Um, but... At the same time, in this community where most of the people who live in Wichita have lived there their entire lives, um, and particularly with the churches that I was going to, with the church I was going to, yeah, uh, those people had known each other forever. 
Um, and I had already struggled with trying to break into those friend groups. And when I couldn't do that, I jumped into a relationship. And, you know, then that isolated me a little bit further because he wasn't necessarily the most social person. Um, and so I was feeling extra single because I'm like, everything that I've done over the course of this past year has involved this man in some way, shape, form, or fashion. So everything in this entire city reminds me of him. I have no really close female friends. You know, the ones that I had, um, you know, it wasn't a deep enough relationship. I didn't feel like I related to them enough. Right. Um, everyone around me is getting married or talking about getting married, yeah. and, you know, having babies and then these happy, successful relationships. And I'm like, all right, cool. Great. Awesome guys. Um, <laughs> gonna, you know, chill here alone. Um, it didn't help that I was, you know, living in an apartment that I didn't, um, I didn't love. So I didn't want to invite people over to my home. Um, so wow. I, I felt extra, extra lonely because I was secluding myself. I didn't have a great mm -hmm. community around me. Um, and that's why when I moved to Kansas city, I was like, I have to have a place where I feel welcome and where I can welcome other people into this space. Right. Um, I end up, you know, continuing to be single for the three years that I live here. I want to still have a community of people that I can be close with, that I can invite into my home, feel comfortable having them here, be comfortable hosting them. Yeah. Um, and, and having that environment, having that 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 space um, for vulnerability, for closeness, for intimacy. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely my loneliest time and now I finally feel like I'm getting to a place where you know I'm not lonely. I mean well I have bouts of loneliness right um you know but for the most part um I've been really fortunate I have you know a neighbor across the hall who she and I bonded over photography stuff um I have the people who live you yeah. know like right next door to me and yeah. we bonded over you know a, a lot and, and, and it's not just people who are Christians either yeah it's just a having this diverse friend group of people who understand me on different levels. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just really nice. Um, and I, I'm super, super appreciative of having the, the circle that I have right now of, of people who, you know, know me from church or know me from photography or know me because we just live in the same space. We know me from work. It's just been, it's been great. This has been probably the best thing that I could have done um, was, trusting guy and saying, if I take this job and move, you're going to make things okay. Um, but then also not allowing myself to just get so comfortable in where I was in Wichita, because there was a time when I was considering, do I just stay here? You know, if I stay here, maybe things will get better. You know, I kind of have some people that I'm starting to get close with. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's not the same, you know, yeah. um, well, I was getting close with them. I was getting close with because I drank with them all the time. You know, had, <laughs> it was, I had my, my neighborhood bar. That's where I saw them. That's where we hung out. Um, but I never like brought them back to my place. Never went to their place. Yeah. It um, just it was more social, but it wasn't um, it wasn't edifying. It wasn't helping me grow yeah. as a person. Yeah, you know, some of the things that I hear that I think I can relate to personally, and I find it's something that I want to share on the blog of She Ventures now is lifestyle redesign. Right. Recognizing how important your environment is to you growing as a woman and becoming secure in yourself. Um, I love the fact that you said that you you realized that you wouldn't invite anyone inside because it wasn't a place that you liked. And that was like a big deal for you. Um, recognizing when there's a time for change in your career. Right. Moving to a whole new city is a big deal. It's a, it's a jump. It can be scary. And the fact that you did that, I feel like is a is a, 
a reflection of strength. It's a reflection of one, I'm going to own my experience as a, as a young woman. I'm not going to wait for things to happen to me. I'm willing to engage in my life, to make decisions, owning up to them, being responsible for my happiness. And then um, I love that you said that you embrace the fact that you could be bonding with people who don't have the same faith as you, but it doesn't matter. You still need that connectivity. You still need that community. You still need to have friends who make you feel human, make you exactly. feel normal. You know, and so I just appreciate you sharing and talking about this because I think we can forget the value of friendship and love. I want to say it sounds cheesy, but platonic love, because we live in such an age where love is so glamorized and romanticized between parent, child, and then husband and wife or, you know, boothing and boothing. You know, it's like we always only see those hyper glamorized images and media that we only think that that's like once we're single once we come to a place where we're single young professional women working we only that's what we're wanting that's the magnet that's like driving it's, us the weirdest thing is something that i realized when i was you know helping lead a small group when i was in wichita and you know when i started moving i realized that a lot of the conversations that were happening among you know groups of women it was all, it was all relationship stuff. It was like, oh, you know, yeah. we were all women who had careers, we had lives, we had hobbies, we had things that we did. And all we ever wanted to talk about was men. Yeah. And it's, it's something where it's like, you know, it's, you're not going to get better if all you do is focus on what's wrong. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm all about, you know, talking through what you're feeling. A hundred percent. You know, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, but the cool thing about the people that I have around me now is that, you know, we'll, we'll just talk about dating and stuff, but kind of in like, a, oh my gosh, you will not believe the stupid date that I went on. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, most of the conversations that I have with people now, people that I'm close with, um, my neighbor across the hall, Grace, when she and I talk, we're discussing photography, we're discussing products, we're discussing, you know, this new Absolutely. beer that we tried, we wanted, like, TV shows, stuff, like, whatever, like, all these different things that we bonded over, we talk about, you know, projects that we want to do together, I actually, within the past month, I was like, hey, I want you to check out this brewery, come with me, so we went together, yes. and we sat, and I'm like, you know what I want us to do, I'm like, this is gonna be weird, but I want us to make a goal. I want us to make a list of goals that we want to accomplish over the course of the year. And then I want nice. us to check in with each other and see if these things are actually happening. We live across the hall from each other. It should be difficult. And it was like, you know, what we want to do with our careers, what we want to do with our photography, what mm. we want to do. You know, we included our romantic lives. We were like, what if we were to try and craft our the life that we wanted over the course of the next year, right. what would that look like? You know, we talked about traveling. We talked about like, oh, I want to do, you know, I want to do at least five road trips this year. You know, over the course of next year, I want to, you know, I want to really look into self-care. I want to have at least one day a month where I truly just go all out for myself. And I want to hold myself accountable for these things. I don't want it to be something where I just talk about it. I want to do something where I talk about it. I'm in partnership with someone and we like can move it forward she is in a relationship with someone her her boyfriend is currently in chicago right now doing um an internship for a few months and i've met him before and he's just he's a really great guy yeah um but it's cool to have this relationship with both of them that doesn't circulate around oh my gosh someone find me a boyfriend right Um, yeah and it's funny too because i mean the balancing brain in me in me is like you know that it's still healthy to talk about men in, in safe circles but at the same time it can't be 
it can't be the lion's share of your conversation all the time because that can be, I, can, I feel like it, my opinion is it can become unhealthy and it can kind of make you have a skewed viewpoint on life. So I appreciate you just sharing so many aha moments. What would you say is one thing that it takes to be secure and healthy while single then? You know, kind of putting it all together for you. Community. Community sure. is the most important thing. Yeah. Um, and not to say, I don't want to say busyness, but like having something to do. Um, there <laughs> a, bit, yes. you know, a girl that I know, her name is Maya. She does this thing on YouTube, Shameless Maya. And then one of my yes. mentors, yeah. um, I interned under her for a little bit. So I know both of them. And so Thank it you. was really funny. I, I know that Shannon recently did a video talking to people who engage in casual sex. And she did a video with um, with Maya talking about her decision to be celibate. Yes. And one thing that Maya said, and I was just like, oh my gosh, that's so true. She said, there's nothing worse than being celibate and bored. You know, it was just yeah. like, good thing to go do. So they're like, well, I guess I'm just never going to meet anybody. And I'm just going to sit here in my, you know, in my corner of the world and, and knit. Yeah. Um, and it's just so true. When I was in my place of isolation in Wichita, um, I was miserable. Like, and I would, I would try so hard to not be miserable and I would, you know, spend extra time at work because I'm like, I got nothing else to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would do all of that. Yeah. Um, and then, um, when I moved here, I understood how much community mattered to me. Um, and that's been the lion's share of what's helped. Like yeah. I threw myself into, you know, I want to a find a church that I love right. um, with that were genuine um b i want to find people who i have common interests with that um aside from just you know being christians because i found that a lot of people that i was trying to hang out with were folks like the only thing we have in common is that we both love god and that's great and um yeah <laughs> and it's weird too because i feel like you can feel even more lonely sometimes in your own faith group because you're only sharing the same spiritual beliefs but you have nothing else in common or that might be the case. I'm not saying that is the case. And so you just find that it's easier to go through the motions. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, you know, there's no, there isn't a lot of transparency that happens there because you're like, I'm just here. And since we all just love God and we don't really share the same opinions, I'm not going to talk about how I feel about things <laughs> because I don't want to be condemned, you know, while sitting here with you guys. Right. Um, and so it's been really cool to find people um, that I connect with. Yeah. Um, and that is just so i can't put into words how very important that is yeah. um yeah. it means so much to know that i can go to my friends um even my friends that don't have the same beliefs as me and say you know hey this is what i'm struggling with and have them be willing and able to talk through those things we yeah. need to to kind of break down what i'm thinking and and, and write it out you know sketched out in my head and that way i can say okay here's where i stand here's why i stand there um, and then also being able to have those relationships with people who have differing opinions from me yeah. and being able to talk through all of that together. Because if, you, if, if all you do is stand in an echo chamber, then right. you're not going to grow. Yeah. Um, you're not going to grow as a person. You're not going to grow as a Christian. You're not going to grow yeah. in any way you want to grow because just, it's a constant circle of affection with everyone saying, oh my gosh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I love that way you Yeah, and I think it definitely is a part of growing into a woman and an adult where you can handle differing opinions and you're not, you're not as a child. I think you're, it's, it's very childish to always want somebody to agree with you, right? Yeah. Say yes, give me, you know, me, 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 yep. Yeah, affirm me, validate me, make me feel good. 
it's not that way in life. And so there's definitely, it's, it's important to have a community and different perspectives in your community. So that's so true. I appreciate you sharing that. Can we do a rapid fire question thing now? And we can just, all right. Question one, what's the best piece of advice you ever heard about attraction in men? Um, best piece. Oh, best piece, best piece. Um, know your negotiables and your non-negotiables. Mm. That was the best piece of advice. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Yep. Number two, what's the best piece of advice you ever heard of, on beauty? Um, best advice I've heard on beauty is actually dealing with clothing. Yeah. Um, it says, it was like, you know, embrace your style, figure out what your style is and know what looks good on you because you will always feel beautiful when you're in the clothing that actually Come makes on. you feel good. That's so, good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, best piece of advice you ever heard on dating? <laughs> you know, I would like to say the best advice is never settle, but, um, what my dad told me, um, is... It's not so much about finding someone that you love, but finding someone that you can work with. Um, <laughs> which there's there's so many, there's so many nuances, but it's so true because you know you can't survive on love alone. Um, you know, but it's so funny because let's just talk about that really quick. What do you think about this never settle thing? Because here's the thing: I feel like people throw that out so much that it keeps people from love. Like I think that yeah. I thought, okay, don't ever settle, but then you realize like. We're 31 now. Like, what is it? What is that? What is that done for me? What is it done for you? Because especially now, like, I feel like when people started saying never settle, they meant, you know, stop selling yourself short. You know, you're dealing with someone who's bidding you. That's not okay. I, <laughs> don't settle for that. That's bad. We, um, <laughs> normal people know that that is bad, but yeah. I almost feel like the never settle has kind of had scope creep. Like, it's made it's like. Wrong. It, it's so you need to have perfection and perfection. I mean, your subjective idea of your ideal is perfect. And we think that we need to have that. I feel like I'd love to hear your thoughts on that though. I, I feel like the thought process never settled became very, very complicated when we introduced Tinder, Bumble, uh, coffee with bagel or, or whatever, all those different options. Wow. Because, um, the problem with it is, you know, if I meet someone who I think is absolutely amazing, but I still have Tinder open. It's like, well, you seem amazing and great and you're right here and I like that. But there's this other guy right here yeah. who is about 10 times hotter and his job looks like it's a lot more, you know, awesome and stuff. And so I cut off the person that is actually here and is actually really good and great. Yeah. Um, go for this image of what I think love is supposed to be. The problem with this never settle mentality is that before never settle meant, you know, don't settle for being unhappy. Don't settle for being unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. um, now it means don't settle for anything less than perfect, which means that, you know, if you get into an argument about something, that's it. Cut it off. Clearly he is not the one because it's less <laughs> Yeah. If he likes something that you don't like, cut it off. Obviously, you're a man, would love everything that you love, and you would love everything that he loved, and there's no room for differences. Um, so, no, it doesn't work. Right. Um, right. And, I mean, there's obviously... a, a that's why it's so important to know your negotiables and your non-negotiables. Um, my non-negotiables would would be my beliefs. They would be the celibacy thing. Like these are things that like these are things that I cannot and will not negotiate on. Right. Like if you right. can't if you can't fulfill these things, it's not going to work. Right. On, on a foundational level, it's not going to work. Um, and that's when I think never settle. It's like when you have your non-negotiables figured out. Boom. If your negotiables, depending on what's happening, 
that's when you had like kind of like okay well it's negotiable for a reason we're gonna we're gonna like well you're not six four but i suppose five nine's gonna have to do um, <laughs> yeah but i think that's the important thing and that's when it goes into what my dad says about you know find someone that you can work with um and not just someone who you can work on um, yeah. you know, so many people go into relationships thinking, okay, well, I can change this person. Um, I want to be in a relationship with someone where I appreciate where they are. Yeah. I appreciate where they're going. They mm-hmm. are, you know, they have those same two points for me. Um, but that we mesh well together, you know, right. I am not the cleanest. I mean, I'm clean. I am physically clean, but like, you know, as far as like organized chaos, like my room is chaotic. It looks not as chaotic right now because I was like, everything was on the bed into the closet, make the bed. You know, high things. But that's something that would need to be kind of negotiable, you know? Yeah. Um, if he's someone that's like, okay, I'm a neat freak. I need you to kind of fix something. I'm like, okay, I can I can work on that. I can pick up some tips. Um, and, I, and I wouldn't view that as someone who was controlling or whatever. But, yeah. you know, you have to know where you stand on things. Um, and that will, in turn, play into what it means as far as never settling. Um, I think once you have those two things together, then, um, then you truly have a really good grasp of what that means. Yeah. 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 I think sometimes sometimes we can kind of get confused with, um, male figures in our lives, whoever they may be, who are amazing and they portray to us something that we want to have when we get married or the person that we want to pursue us as our, as our, as our partner in life, as our husband's. And we forget that the person who's a male figure is 50 years old, <laughs> you know, middle age has gone through things and we can't expect that, that he was the same exact way. Right. So we can't expect to take someone who's in the third stride of life to have that person who's, you know, does that make Which, sense? We can't expect to have 50 year old amazing when we're wanting I, I have the actual exact opposite situation. Really? Um, both my father, my biological father, my stepfather, my grandfather are all very flawed individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that. Like my, yeah. um, my mother and father, they both dealt with, um, bouts of infidelity. Um, my mm-hmm. biological father, he left my mom when, um, when they were in college. Um, so in a lot of ways I didn't have like the greatest view of love. Like my grandfather's amazing. Um, but I would never want to marry someone like my grandfather. He's a, he's a great guy. Like, there are definitely certain things about him that I would want. Um, but there are definitely some things I'm just like, I'm like, I'm not my grandma. You know, I am, I, I'm not as, um, I would, if I were to meet a man who was like my grandfather, we'd probably be really good friends and I probably wouldn't want to date him. Um, on the flip side though, when I started dating, um, the guy I dated in Wichita, he was the first Christian man that I'd ever dated. Um, and he was in so many ways amazing and i remember after we broke up putting him on this pedestal of what i wanted my future husband to be like i was like well i want him to be like him but to have these like but, but to think like this instead of how he thinks yeah. um and like mm-hmm. and i want him to be like him but i also want him to be more of a leader and be more assertive about things and um like but i want to be like him and i want him to look like him but i also want to and then i realized like okay actually what you're actually thinking of is this person that maybe exists somewhere but not in this exact capacity i can't expect to date someone who you know who looks like my ex and who has some of the same um 
thought processes and some of the same, um, you know, boundaries that he lives within, which were good, you know? He yeah. was the one that advocated so much for celibacy. He was the one that advocated for, like, healthy living and, you know, for going to the gym. And so, like, he was the one, he gave me a lot of really positive habits. Um, and so I stopped and I was just like, I don't, I don't want to go into these things with this skewed view of, of what I think I want. And yeah. I learned that, you know, hey, I can't, I can have my negotiables and my non-negotiables, but I can't have every man that I meet going toe-to-toe with something yeah. that doesn't. they have this intricate criteria that they have to go through. Because if that's the case, it's, you know, it's it's really hard to open yourself up to be vulnerable to love and to, to, I mean, love is, at some level, it's going to be hard work, two people coming together. So I appreciate, yeah, no, I completely vibe with that. I understand that a lot. I've had even guys who I didn't date, but were amazing male friends who I kept up as standards of the guy that I wanted to date for so long that it made it really hard to believe that there was a guy that I could date. And, and that just, I remember it was like an aha moment. I had to let go of keeping the standard of a guy because there were so many other guys, different personal personality types different body type, different um, interests that I had to let go of this image of the kind of guy. Like I thought that I was only attracted to alpha males and I was like, no, that's not the, that's not the case. I thought I was only attracted to extroverted guys. No, that's not the case. I thought I had to be with the guy who was the leader, everyone knew them, you know, no, that's not the case, you know? And once I remember that was a definite game changer for me because once I opened up myself to being, being able to see that I don't need to be with a guy who everyone knows, everyone respects, or, um, you know, he's a social butterfly. Once I realized that, and this is close to more so college, because I'm over this for, I've been over this for a while. That was a helpful moment for me to be open to different types of guys, right? Who share the same beliefs, had the non-negotiables worked out, but um, that opened me up a lot. So that was helpful for me. Um, next rapid fire question, best piece of advice you ever heard on happiness, especially for single women, right? You have to be able to create it yourself, Uh which it's, and that's something that's probably some of the hardest advice because someone says you have to create your own happiness and you're like, thanks, that doesn't really help me at all. (laughs) Um, But then when you actually start to really delve into what that actually means, um, figuring out what you actually do enjoy and not being ashamed of the fact that you enjoy it. Um, you know, I am not ashamed of the fact that I really, really like beer, that I like going, you know, and yeah. hanging out at breweries and, and, and stuff like that. I don't, I'm not ashamed of the fact that, you know, I like reading. I'm not ashamed of the fact that I like photography. I'm not ashamed of the things that I enjoy. Um, do you think there's a shame I... there? Do you think that women carry a shame of being very in tune with their interests? Yeah, I think there is. I mean, I feel like if your interests don't necessarily fall into certain things, it's very easy for people to say, "Mm, well, maybe you should be more like this. Like, I have a lot of friends who are amazing at cooking, like, amazing. And I would love Ah, I got what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to be great at design. I'd love to be great at all sorts of stuff. But those aren't my strengths. Um, And for a long while, I beat myself down because I didn't, I wasn't good enough. I was like, you know, Ashley, if you were just a little more like this and less like this, you'd be happier. Yeah. You know, if you were, you know, 
more quiet, if you were, you know, less pushy, if you were less violent, um, if you were <laughs> more like this, you would be so much more happy. Right. Um, and then I tried to fit into these molds that weren't me. Like, that's not me. I am a relatively violent person, which is why I played rugby. And then I saw it because I'm <laughs> literally my moneymaker. Um, I, I, I was like, I have to be willing to understand that there are some things about me that are not always going to rub everybody the right way. Right. And I have to be okay with that. And you um, don't have to fit into a mold. You exactly. don't have to fit into a mold. I do think that I, I'm picking up a, on a concept that you're kind of, you know, subtly hinting at is sometimes we see this imagery of women who have gotten married and what their interested interests were right before they got married. Maybe we think of it as a formula to attraction, a formula to getting married. And we think, well, oh man, she was so into cooking. That's why she got married, you know, or, oh, well, she was so prissy or she was so, she, she talked like this. Yeah. And we think, yes, right. Or she always showed up to Bible study. She was always the one praying the most. Yeah. I don't know. We come up with these weird, we come up with these weird attributions and we think, well, I'm going to start fitting into that mold because that's what's better. That's what, what will make me happy is if I can somehow decrease the gap between being single and getting married. And that's not authentic to them. And no, it's not. Like when you, when you go into a marriage or into a relationship, with a false positive, then this is who we are. Right. And it's not, then that causes more issues overall. Right. Yeah, it does. It does. So next question, best song, quote, poem, or Bible verse that cheers you up? Maybe some options to make this easy. There's so many options. <laughs> so, many. so many options. Um, as far as cheering me up um you know it's really it's really difficult i know there's a song that i think of and it's actually not a cheerful song um it's called uh coffee by sylvan esso Mm -hmm. um and i remember that i think the reason that it became that for me is because i i learned about the um kind of the story behind the song kind of how it goes and one of the things that it talks about um is it kind of talks about relationships but in a you know in an abstract way it, it um the first thing is like you know true it's a dance we know the moves the bow the dip the woo um though the um though the though the words are new or something um basically the idea of it is you know we go through these patterns we go through these sequences over and over again and we have to realize that it's familiar um, but yeah. it'll be a different person who might go into whether this is with a friendship or with a job. Um, and so it's not like the, the standard, like, cheerful song. Um, but it was something that when I really started to understand what it meant, it was able to create more of a meaning for me. Right. Where I was like, no, this is, this is what I feel. Like, this is, these are the different emotions. Like, I've been through all of this before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can continue to go through it over and over again. And I will still be able to move forward. Right. Uh, so it's one of those just like kind of positive, keep on moving type things. Gotcha. Yeah. And you said the who was the singer? Sylvan Esso. S Y L V A N space S O E S S O. Song's called Coffee. Gotcha. Let me look that up. And last one. What book would you recommend to the She Ventures tribe, and why? What book would I recommend? Like as 
I sit here looking at this, like, you know, this, I have a massive stack of books right here. Um, let me see. I think if there was any book, hmm, there's one, there's a couple that I was thinking about with this because they cover a couple different subjects. Um, there's a book that I have, I really quickly. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that cat. <laughs> yeah. That's my cat. He's pretty great. Okay. So I have these two books that I read that I really loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them is called Wanderlust. And it's by Elizabeth Eves. And um, basically it goes through this woman. Um, she's traveling a bunch. And um, it, it also talks about kind of like the different things that she's learning and the journeys that she's going through. Um, so it, you know, kind of explicit um, because, you know, she's also, you know, she's having sex with people and she's like, it's like a self-exploratory type thing. Um, and I really enjoyed that because it made me stop and it made me want to figure out like, you know, hey, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? Right. Uh, and what kind of life do I want to live and how can I actually get there? The other one is called Blood, Bones and Butter. Um, and it's by Gabrielle Hamilton. Um, and it's actually, it talks about her move from a journalist into being um, a chef. And it talks a bit about her, you know, her family's history and, and just, you know, kind of, I mean, it's also in some ways a love story as well. Um, and I think for me, I try and find stories with females in them that, um, that are strong and that are striking out on their own. Um, yeah. Is I feel like, you know, especially as a single woman, um, it can't just be about, you know, a man swooping in and saving the day. Uh, it can't just be about, you yes. know, a woman and her journey to find self-love through love or whatever. Like, it's yeah. really, it's, it's about women finding their passions and, and saying, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to do this and it's, it's all going to be okay. It's going right. to work itself out in the end. Yeah. Um, found that to be really important and also knowing that in both these but like these women they deal with their own struggles they deal with their own things and they each have their own ways of handling it um some of them positive some of them not so great um but in the end you know it all comes together in a beautiful way um and that's something that really has stuck with me because as i was um i was talking to my grandfather one day about um, when i was trying to decide between taking this job here or taking the job uh, another job offer that i had in tampa yeah um and he was like, actually, thing you have to remember is, um, for me, as someone where my faith is important, um, I can't make a wrong choice, you know? Um, if I make a big move, if I, you know, if I have a roommate, if I don't have a roommate, if I move to one part of town, if I move to a different part of town, um, if I have um, a solid faith in God for me, um, or a solid faith in whatever someone believes in, then it helps keep you grounded. I feel like when I was in Wichita, the problem that I had, A, aside from like, you know, not being in a place that I wanted to be, there was also a space where I just, I wasn't really sure of where I was in a spiritual sense. Um, And because of that, um, it was just, it was really difficult to move forward. Um, The freedom that comes from understanding that I can't make a wrong choice, aside from like, you know, blatantly saying, screw all this, I'm doing my own way. is the freedom in saying, you know, no matter what choice I decide to make, um, if 
I make sure that in all of it, I'm keeping God first, that in all of it, I'm like, you know, still seeking his face, then I can go forward confidently. You know, if all these good things are happening, awesome, praise God. If all these terrible things are happening, awesome, lean on God, praise God. It's going to get me through it. Um, And that's been something that has been really, really um, important for me um, over the course of the past couple of months. That's good. That's really good. Thank you for sharing those two books. My grand finale question is really not that big of a deal, but I don't know if you saw the movie uh, Collateral Beauty. Have you seen it? I haven't. Yeah, it, it actually tanked at the box office. So <laughs> no worries. Um, it came out during Christmas. But, but yeah, no. yeah, it tanked. It wasn't, it wasn't like uh, an all-star movie, but uh, Alan Loeb wrote the movie. Um, Will Smith stars in it, if anyone's interested. It makes it it makes an interesting, it's an interesting concept. It's not that, it's not novel, but it's an interesting concept of in the moment of your grief, make sure you notice the collateral beauty around you, right? And I want you to state for the closing, sort of, so as to bookend this this time together, what you feel the main collateral beauty has been for your singleness. This is not to say singleness has been all grief for you, but yeah. what's the collateral beauty of it all? Sort of like if you were to write your own book. Like, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, I think the collateral beauty for um, for this entire journey of singleness um, has been the beauty of self acceptance, mm. um, yeah. and that's something that um, I struggled with for a long time. I mean, I remember going through middle school, high school, um, parts of college. Um, you know, my first few jobs really questioning who I was, questioning my value, questioning um, my worth. Um, And I think that in going through this current bout of singleness um, and in going with, you know, all the ups and the downs and um, all all of that stuff, I've been able to, to just start to really understand and accept who I am. Yeah. Which is absolutely collateral beauty. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. if if I were to have married the person that I thought I was going to marry when I was in college or who I thought I was going to marry when I was in Wichita, um, I would be, do I think I would be happy? Sure. Of course. Uh, do I think that I would have been fulfilled overall? Maybe not. Um, would I have dealt with it anyway? Of course. Um, but I think that by choosing to not settle, um, by choosing to put myself in this position that has been very, very difficult for me, very, very, um, at times isolating, um, has led to something so much more beautiful in my life. Um, I, I posted on to um, went to Instagram one day, like, they, I don't know what the picture even was, but I remember the caption was talking about, you know, um, something beautiful growing inside me. And I was like, well, let me show me, I'm clear, clear with the phrase, and I'm like, I ain't pregnant. You know, and <laughs> a beautiful like, dad growing inside me. Um, so, like, you know, so I was like, rephrase it. I was like, you know, a, a beautiful spring blooming. Um, but it was true. I mean, in the midst of all the gray and all the sad and all the dreary, mm-hmm. um, I have so many good things that are happening right now. So many ways that I'm growing mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, and I, I have to remember that, you know, one of the things that, that uh, 
you have to do when you're trying to grow something, when you're trying to grow grapes or whatever, you have to prune and pruning hurts. Pruning is not a fun experience. Um, pruning is literally cutting things off. Um, and you have to kind of look at the bigger picture. If I don't prune this, if I don't cut these things off, then I'm not going to grow to my full potential. I'm not growing to, um, to be the most beautiful version of myself that I can be, the healthiest version of myself that I can be. Um, and so I was like, I have to be willing to go through that. And I am. So yeah. singleness is where it's at. Totes. Yes. <laughs> Raising my invisible glass to you. Thank you so much for bearing with me on this long interview. I know you got to go to work, but I appreciate your time so much. I appreciate you. Thanks for sharing. Thank you for, for being willing to allow little me to get involved with it. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, honestly, it's been a, it's, it's, it's a long project, right? Singleness is hard to talk about. You know what? Not many people can talk about that. Not many people are sharing on this topic. And I feel like, especially women of color, I feel like we all sort of have similar experiences in the dating world. Um, and even beyond race, I think that there's similarities that single women can bond together over and just saying, hey guys, this is how I'm choosing to create happiness in my life while single. You know? Yeah. So thanks so much for being a part of this, Ashley. Thanks so much for doing this. Yes. It's really important. Yep. Well, girl, have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Bye.